Hello, everyone. Welcome to the UEL Smiles podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hamuda, a sports therapy graduate and a project coordinator for Smiles. This podcast is about you, and its main purpose is to connect you to your mentors, teachers, and any other guests and questions that you guys can request. How is everyone doing? It is a good Friday today. Um, The weather in England has been surprisingly odd. Um, I am not in London right now. I am in all the way up north in Liverpool. And the weather has not been great. It has been raining very constantly and it is almost jumping into winter. Well, not exactly winter yet, autumn very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, I hope that you're having a cozy Friday and um, an amazing day when this podcast is coming out. So our main topic today is placement. It is a very, very scary word, especially for new students coming onto the course and for students who are trying to figure out if there is a secret hack to placement or if there is advice that you can give about completing your placement hours, understanding what placement is really about, and also understanding the fact that of representation. You know, you're representing your university, you're representing your tutors, and that all kind of counts towards the work that you're doing. And it also goes through your portfolio and it also helps you graduate. According to the Society of Sports Therapists, all final sports therapy student need to complete at least 200 hours to be qualified sports therapist. So what is the key to finishing those hours efficiently and without losing your head? Now, I will be able to give some of my wisdom, but most of it will be coming from our guest today, which we'll find out later in this episode. So let's get started. Placement-wise, my journey goes quite far back because the first placement that I've ever been on was when I was 16 years old and I was on a Euro ward because I was helping out in physio. So this was during career week. I wanted to figure out what I want to do. And I was given the chance to shadow in one of the hospitals. And it was an amazing experience because you're actually a shadow. You're almost like watching a play unfold or watching a bunch of really educated and knowledgeable people do their job. And you're wondering if one day you'll look or behave or work like them. That was my first ever taste of a placement because I had responsibilities, there were rules, and I also had to adhere by these rules, but I couldn't participate because again, I was 16 and I was not yet even enrolled in a course. Therefore, you can't even be asked to help. My first ever placement was for the NHS. It was for the Royal Free Hospital. And I will never forget the first day that I went and I visited my supervisor before my placement starts because I read that it leaves a good impression. I remember visiting her, speaking to her about the department and her welcoming me in with a very, very warm welcome. I spent 
four weeks at that placement. And during those four weeks, I had a mid-evaluation and the university was a big part of that because it was being constantly supportive. The key about placement and to handling placement is you can get the choice to figure out your own placement, email people, network with people, and also give yourself a chance to go into different direction. Some people do their placement within the university, like working with London Lions or working with a sports team that use teams that use the UEL facilities as training grounds. Or you can find a placement with the NHS, or you can find a placement with a private clinic, or you can find a placement within an outside sports team, even if they're not working with UEL. So all of that you need to figure out or smiles or your academic advisor help you figure out within your second through your third and final year of sports therapy or any of the sports courses. So before we get to today's guest and we get to find out about her really, really immense placement experience, I have three very quick advices. Advices? I have three very quick pieces of advice that I can give. I am so sorry, my first language is not English. <laughs> the first one is be proactive. I can't tell how many times I've heard this word being said to me, either by lecturers, by your supervisor, or by friends who have done placements before you. You need to be proactive. You need to be able to see something that needs to be done and going out and doing it. You need to be able to understand that the environment that you're in, people are trying to help you. Therefore, being proactive, coming up with ideas, helping out in the team will make you part of the team. And it will make your placement experience a lot richer and a lot more productive. The second advice is be patient. There are so many times where people tell you it's okay to cry on placement because it is a very intense environment. And when you are a student, you are protected by this bubble, which is you are still learning. You are still down to make mistakes because the people around you will correct you. And those mistakes have very little consequences because again, you are still in the process of learning. But when you go on placement, you get a taste of what it's being like to be a practitioner in the real world. Therefore, mistakes sometimes have bigger consequences. And sometimes when you miss something, you do have to go back to your team to make sure that you didn't miss it. And you have to communicate with people and you have to be open um, about your treatment and your quote unquote mistakes that you're learning, that you're still learning from. And that could be a big shock to a lot of people because to be able to do that, you need to be vulnerable and you need to be understanding that the job that you're doing is very, very vulnerable. And it's also working with vulnerable people. The third and final piece of advice that I can give is to be present. I remember on one of my first placements, for a little bit of context, I did NHS placement, 
I did sports team placements, and I also did private clinic placements. So I kind of had a taste of it all because I wanted to try everything before I had to make a decision about my employability and where I want to be eventually. Which is not an easy decision, and you don't have to have that decision ready when you leave. But the university offers a range of placements, therefore I was ready to take on that opportunity. And when I did, it was very, very encouraging to see people around me who are in the same boat. So, the best thing you can do is be proactive, be present, and be understanding. And lastly, enjoy your time. As I said, it is a very much an experience into the real world. And it is a taste of how your, for example, workday will look like. Some people will choose to do their placement in bulks. Some people will choose to do it in certain hours, which is the university clinic helps immensely with. So whether you're choosing that or that, or you're still deciding what you're going to do for placement, the word placement doesn't have to be such a big and scary word. And me and my guest might just break it down for you. So... We are going to discuss this a little bit further, so stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. Our lovely guest today, Ravina, a sports therapy graduate who graduated with me in 2021 and now working as the clinical lead on our project coordinators and smiles. So hi, Ravina. Good afternoon. Hi there. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you doing with this changing weather? Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? I think everyone's catching the cold, hopefully not COVID, but yeah, yeah. Otherwise, all, otherwise it's all good. Yeah, make sure to get your tests, everyone, uh, just to make yeah. sure that you don't have COVID. Definitely. Uh, that you can't ask yourself scarily. Um, exactly. Okay. Okay, so today's episode, I talked about placement in the intro, and today we have Ravina, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her placement experience and how placement doesn't have to be such a scary word after all. So, Ravina, when I tell you the word placement, as a graduate now and as a student only a couple years ago, like a first year, what, what does that make you feel? I think, like, when I first started, I was like, oh, my God, placement's going to be a long, long time away. And then when it came on to my final year, I was like, oh, my God, it's my actual placement module. And I need to find placements. I need to see what it's all about. I need to. But I think the main thing I thought was just gaining that experience and gaining that confidence to actually work in that real world once I've graduated. So I know Mm -hmm. that I'm a bit more confident. I'm not going in there with a blind eye. I've got a little bit of background experience. So, yeah, just, you know, being getting used to working with other people like I I think for me in sports therapy Mm. I was able to work with various different people so just you know networking with them making sure I know what like roughly how it's like how it's all going to work on the outside and just giving me a bit more insight of how it's all going to work so yeah I'm I'm actually really glad that I did a placement um I I got the opportunity to do a placement but yeah Mm. it was all good 
So from what you're saying, you sounded like you went into it pretty confidently. You kind of knew what you were doing. Um, but what would you say was like your biggest challenge personally? I know that you've done um, a lot of like a lot of placements and you are actually doing like working right now. What was your biggest challenge and how did that help you now that you are, you know, a working human <laughs> outside yeah. of university? No, that's a good question, actually. Um, I think for me was actually like, how do I communicate with these patients? Because I know that in uni, we're taught completely differently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're taught course. to be a bit more professional. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, we've learned all these big words. Mm. How, how am I going to make sure my patient understands these big words? And I think that was my biggest challenge. Where so communication-wise. Yeah, I think mm. making sure that I actually communicate with them effectively and they mm. understand what I'm doing. Because I know in sports therapy, it's, all, it's mainly to do with treatment wise and some some don't understand what treatment you're doing some some don't understand these big words that you're using so it's just making sure they understand what you are trying to say to them which was a a big challenge for me but I think once starting these placements you do get used to it and Mm. it becomes easier throughout the process so yeah managed to get through that so now just using that in my working life after graduating Mm -hmm. Oh, that's how, good. How did, you, how did you find it, if I don't mind asking you? No, I think, oh, that's that's great. I think placement for me, the main thing was when to and when not to. I think that was yeah. the biggest question because I I think communication is important in what you pointed out because you don't want to have a patient in front of you and you don't want to just throw out these big words at them and they're just like, I'm just trying to see what's wrong with my leg. Like, I don't know what, like, what words you're throwing at me. So just simplifying. So that's really good. But I think for me, it was the proactivity matter. And like when I think the idea that you, you might be in the way, I think that was my biggest fear that because you, you can't, you don't, you're not exactly fully qualified to practice, but you're also not fully not knowing what's going on either. You're not like a, like a high school student on shadowing. You're, you're in your actual placement, you're getting graded, but at the same time, it's just that when to help and when not to help, when to chip in and when not to chip in. And I feel like with NHS placements and even sports team placements, it has a different level of intensity and a different level of demand. So I think that's what I found hard because, but I think you can solve that with communicating, like whether you communicate with your supervisor, you communicate with the person that's in charge of you and looking after you. I think if you let them know what your worries are and what you're really, really like concerned about, I think they'll help you out. But definitely, yeah, I didn't even think of communication because I tend to like speak my mind. So you might say something and the patient in front of you is like I have no idea what you're saying to me at all um okay let's take a little bit of a turn here what's the funniest thing that happened to you on place because I this whole podcast I've been about placement and I know that the students that are listening right now might be a little bit scared like okay I don't want to go there I don't want to go there now so a little bit um a little bit of light note here what would you say is like the funniest thing that happened to you or something that you were like oh what what is that what's happening um I actually went on a placement a couple of days ago and, oh okay so recent and one. I, I literally did not know anything about the sport and I just didn't know what I was going into <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh my god I've literally got a day and I was like okay and I actually didn't know because um it was t- to do with taping and okay. I just assumed okay just tape anywhere <laughs> and I had no I had no idea on how to do it but 
at the time I just like I was so nervous but then now I look back and I'm like seriously why do I not why did I not know this like it just baffles me how it's not I don't I don't want to say it's simple to do but it's just oh of course not it's it's common sense like if someone wants to be taped and they come up to me like oh yeah I want my ankle taped I'm just like I'm looking at them so baffled and they're like (laughs) laughing at me like do you know what you're doing I'm like yeah I do but it's just that where do I do it like it's like am I doing it wrong you get you get it in your head like oh crap I don't want to you gotta like doubt yourself you have yeah but I know what I'm doing but it's just funny when I look back at it I'm like these players are asking me if I know what I'm doing and I'm like I do know what I'm doing but it's just the first time I've done it on these players I don't know I don't know who (laughs) they are I don't know the sport and I was just like, but it was it was a good experience. I really you kind of just get frustrating a little, frustrating a little. Yeah. Bit, I know and from experience working with like older athletes or younger athletes, they have no patience. They're just like, exactly. just get me out, wrap me up, yeah, exactly get me out. That. And it's like <laughs> I don't kick be off. Here. Kick off was at three p.m. and I'm there still taping them around. I'm still like going around <laughs> these rugby players. I'm knackered. Like these rugby players are quite. You're large, so tiny as well. I'm tiny, <laughs> and I'm just like wrapping around tape, like making sure that they're all and they're just laughing at me because they can see that I'm getting tired uh-huh. and they're just like cracking up I was like yeah I know guys I'm quite tiny compared to you guys but oh what damn, can you do right your what sport is you rugby you're starting out yeah, hard I started on rugby players you started, like, oh my out God. In, you're starting out intense oh okay but well, at I... least now at least now I know what it's like so it's all good yeah taping especially is a bit tricky because um you have to do it in a certain way depending on their feet shape on their whether it's knee foot um you have to do it depending on their like how they're aligned and stuff and I always find taping very confusing and try not to do it and Uh, as it is ripping that tape off can take a lot of energy oh my god I'm there like taking my time trying to cut this tape I can't rip it and they're just like laughing. It's going to hurt, like, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> but, Aww. you know, you look back at it and you, you do laugh at it because, you know, it is a, it's quite funny if, when you think about it. Yeah. But I no, think, it's all good otherwise. Yeah, I think one of the funniest things that you can do is, like, trip up on your words. I think that's oh, something yeah. that I've done a lot, especially when you have, like, a, a patient that's kind of very attentive and very listening to you and you just kind of like trip up or repeat yourself or say something that makes you look a little bit less confident and you don't have like enough time to play it off and just be like oh that was a mistake because they're looking to you so so seriously yeah yeah. Yeah. like they're not lighting up the mood you're not lighting it up because they're also looking at you very seriously I think that's the worst thing that can happen they they look at you as if you should know everything I'm just like um, like, I'll I'll get back to you on that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was all all good otherwise that's good right now so you're kind of doing rugby at the well minute. no actually it was um it was just a one-off I was just covering for someone so oh. it was the first I've, I never looked I don't know anything about rugby but yeah I, I, I just know they hit each other me... yeah oh my god <laughs> I, I was watching the game I was like oh my god is this what rugby's really I need like? to leave <laughs> yeah I was like wow but no, no. It, was such a, it was it was really good it was a good experience for me to get um I know a lot more about sport now okay well, that's um, good yeah it's good I think it's it's important to kind of like dabble and give yourself challenges in sports that you, you oh, would never yeah. do personally or even yeah. like watch. Uh, I think that would be really interesting. So yeah. 
going on through your placement experience and select like going through yours in the last year as we all did what would you say was your main gain that you had from these placements that you went on and again how did you take that into your working life so I think the main thing I gained was the confidence Mm -hmm. I think before if I I think because I started uh, I was on the foundation course for sports therapy so about four years ago um I was if I were to do any experience then I would be so so nervous but I think throughout once you get the practice you become more confident in what you do mm-hmm. and I think that was the main thing I gained because I me and you both did placement together yes in the same placement so mm-hmm. I think having and you taught me how to use career zone like on the placement <laughs> <laughs> because I had no exactly. idea how to do it yeah and I think just having each other's support it also brings that confidence because we know how we learn and yeah. we're then seeing how the physios um treating so we gained new knowledge we gained confidence with, within the team and um, the team knew us we knew them so yeah it's just working with different people networking with different people you do get a lot of experience out of it and you know who knows you might end up working with them in the future you don't know but at least having that support and having that base was the main thing that actually made me gain the confidence. I would say from four years ago to where I am now, I think I've yeah. gained a lot more confidence in my work experience. Just generally. And practice, actually, yeah. Like, practice, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's one thing I definitely gained and was definitely positive for having for going to a placement, um, yeah, which I really, really enjoyed. Okay. Oh, that sounds amazing. Okay, so let's let's um, do this scenario. I'm a second year student. I don't have placement as a, an official um, module yet. So I really haven't been introduced to it unless someone is talking about it and I just chip in and listen. And I got called in to help out for the London Ballet. Earl asked me to help out. So going into like a first placement or you're just kind of filling in and you don't really know much about it what would be your top one or two or multiples advice that you would give to that student if they asked for you as a mentor so what would you what advice um, would you give so them about placement one one of the big advices is that if you know what placement you're going to beforehand research on that yes on that whatever experience it is so if it is london ballet for example and you don't know anything about ballet have a read on the internet, what is ballet, what are the different injuries that occur in ballet. So you mm-hmm. have a bit more of an insight. You're not going there with a blind eye. Okay. I mean, when I did netball, I'm obviously a very big fan of netball. So I know the um, I know the sport quite well. I used to play netball. Um, mm-hmm. But the different injuries I wasn't too sure about. So I did have a read on before I went on to placement. And yeah. just, just so that you have a bit more knowledge and if the supervisor asks asks you so what injury is this or can you tell me what happened here at least you have a little bit of a background knowledge and you're you're not nervous to answer them I know a lot of people do get a bit nervous but if you have that background knowledge you you can answer them and yeah yeah that'll be one of my main advices and another advice I'd say is go have fun Mm -hmm. like that's that's the big thing like don't go Yes, it is. Placement is serious, but don't go there and be like on board. Enjoy yeah. yourself. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's such a great opportunity to have. I mean, I really enjoyed all of my placements. I thought they were really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just 
go go with the flow I think like don't be too hard on yourself if you don't know something don't go home and be like why did I not know it there's Mm. a reason why you didn't know it it's because and I would say don't beat yourself up on that I think you learn from your mistakes I learn from my mistakes I still make mistakes I'm still learning Mm. from it even though I've graduated yeah I still make mistakes but yeah you you learn from it I guess and that's the main thing yeah yeah of course I think I think it's really important what you mentioned about confidence as well because you said that your confidence grew from joining from foundation year to now a graduate and actually working and being a part of the university and smiles and now you're saying that you can you don't have to beat yourself up up if you don't know a certain thing and I think that also stems from confidence knowing that you know your stuff and you know that you'll learn if you make a mistake you're not afraid to make one if that makes sense so exactly I think that's I think that's really really great advice definitely but yeah I think one yeah have fun placement is good fun I mean I really enjoyed doing my placements but yeah okay say well do you have like good fun at your placements I think uh I try so I think I try really really hard to make it fun for myself because if it's not I'll cry like I think I'm a very very hard person to adapt so I I take my time to adapt to things so like I try to find like you know when they're on little breaks or when we're not actually working and we have to be professional I try to kind of if you're working with a sports team make friends with the super you're working with the NHS try to make things lighter for yourself because if they say like a big um a big disease that you don't know about or a big injury and you're just like oh my god I don't know this how do I not know this you're not going to know this you could be in the practice for 10 years and hear something and you're like oh I don't I actually have never heard of that so I think I think that's the most important um okay one last really really fun question what do you prefer doing a placement now as a graduate or a student because Mm. I mentioned that earlier in my um in the intro that when you're on placement under the university the university kind of you're kind of in a protective bubble you know you're you're, you're the university has your back you have your academic advisor to go to you have your lecturers to go to if you need any help during the placement but yeah. as a graduate you still have that same kind of support but not in the same intensity so what yeah. which one do you prefer i to be fair i think both is equal mm-hmm. as like is good equal um i think being a student you're again like you said you have that support from your lecturers and your academic advisors and your supervisor and when you do graduate and you go into the real world, you you your support has not downgraded, but just like decreased a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. That's the word. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but when I just went to my placement, I was like, because I was actually on my own, so I was like, okay, this is the okay. first time I'm going to be on my own. I'm not going to have a supervisor, but he's still there when I need him. Yeah, but at, at the time, I was alone with all the players. You know. Um, mm. treating and everything so I think that was my first yeah. encounter where since uni where I had to be on my own and I was nervous but I managed to get through it which was good um, but yeah I think from the question you just asked I think both were are equal I think um, you get used to it once mm. you get the experience you I think when you have a supervisor or a person that you're working with you intend to look at the different ways that they're doing things and you then put that into perspective. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I was looking at 
what my previous supervisor were doing and how they would treat in that situation yeah I would then take that on board and kind of use a similar way on these patients or these players and yeah Mm. I thought it it worked really well so in that way you still you still have the support because you're using where you're like shadowing what um others have done and then you're just taking that on board and just using it yourself so it's good okay no that's a perfect note to end on I think one thing that we hear a lot in our line of work and in therapy in general is that everyone has a way of doing it everyone learns the same um anatomy everyone learns the same modules but everyone interpret it differently in their practice so sometimes you'll see a practitioner doing something and you're just like oh my god that's not how I learned it in lectures my lecturers might be wrong but the question is that like or the thing is that neither of them are wrong. Everyone just interpret it, interprets things differently. And I yeah. feel like as we grow into our, our practitioners as well and be able to see student patients come to us, student, sorry, student uh, on placement coming to us, we'll be able to kind of see the difference in how things evolve and how we've learned to do things and adapted to do things. I think they're both different things. But yeah, I said exactly. things way too many times in the last sentence. Yeah, but um, no, I, think, I think like in my past years my lecturers have always said there's no right or wrong answer in sport as long as you have as long as you have a justification and you justify that correctly I think you you're doing amazingly well if you don't have a just if you don't have a justification then clearly there's something wrong but yeah I know that we've been taught a way where we've been said that there is no right or wrong answer and you know as long as it's being justified you're you're fine exactly as long as you can explain what you're doing clinically reason it you're good yeah exactly okay well thank you so much Ravina for your time I'm pretty sure all of your wisdom has helped all of our new students that are going into placement or thinking about their placements because it is very smart to think about your placements from early on um, because you kind of underestimate how long these hours could be. So, and extra is always good. If you have a little bit more, it never hurts anyone. So Definitely. thank you so much, Ravina. And Thanks for having me. And I'll see you soon. Thank you so much to our dear guest, Ravina. I wish you all the best and thank you for your time. Now for the last segment. It is a question and answer segment or Q&A. We get your questions from our Instagram account at UEL Smiles, from our mentors, or from the email smiles at uel.ac.uk. If you want to be in contact with Smile in any way, you can DM us or email us, and then we'll be able to get your questions through. We have only two questions this segment. So the first one, how do I sign up to be a mentor for SMILES? So, great question. How to sign up to be a mentor is really, really easy. And I think there's the first thing that you need to ask yourself is whether you have it in you to be a mentor, whether you can face the challenges or whether that's a challenge you want to put yourself through. And I think being a mentor is immensely rewarding because whoever said that the best thing to learn something is to teach it to someone else was absolutely right. So how do you get in contact? Smiles has an official Teams page and 
on every single lecturer that you attend, there will be a poster that Smiles have given to the lecturer where you can scan and you'll be taken directly to the team's page where you can post questions, request for a mentor, or find all of our mentors' introductionary videos. The second place is our UEL intranet page. So again, with that same scanning or with the link, www.uel slash smiles. I think that's the right one, but scanning the poster of the lecturers is probably better because that is our latest poster. You'll be taken to a page, to our page UEL internet, where we post all of our updates. You'll be able to see our social media, Twitter updates, and you'll also can apply to become a mentor or request a mentor, which can be incredibly helpful. And the third way to get in contact contact or sign up to be a mentor is email us, smiles at uel.ac.uk. We can set up an interview or we can set up a Teams meeting and we can get to talking about it. Smiles is a really, really amazing team. I've been a part of it for over two years and it has been extremely rewarding and extremely helpful in helping me achieve my best grades slash placements slash friendships actually throughout my year. So that's the answer to that question. I hope that helped. Our second question is, what is the most challenging thing about being a mentor? So keeping it with the mentor subject. Personally, I think the most challenging thing about being a mentor is time. I consider myself a very social person. I'm able to communicate my ideas without difficulties. But at the same time, time can be very tricky for me. I don't know if any of you heard about Parkinson's Law. And it states that if you select a certain amount of time to finish a task, your brain will accommodate to it. So for example, if you want to finish a task in 30 minutes, your brain will be determined to finish that task for in 30 minutes. If you want to finish that same task in two hours, your brain will figure out a way to delay you a little bit and finish that task in two hours. Because our brain almost tells us exactly or does exactly what we want it to do, which is suffice the time. So to trick that phenomenon, you can try to not distract yourself and do something, do a task that can take two hours and 30 minutes. Now, that took me a very long time to figure out because I do struggle with my time management. And sometimes I would sit with my mentee for a very long time to a point where they're not taking in any more information and I am not being my best teacher. So I think the most challenging thing about being a mentor is time management. So if you can handle that, I think you're already halfway through, if not all the way through. Another challenging thing about being a mentor is you have to understand that at the end of the day, you are teaching someone something. So it is your responsibility to cross-check your references and make sure that you are telling them the correct information. Because if not, 
then there is a big communication issue. So that goes back to having the responsibility of almost like a teacher or someone who's giving out information. You need to be able to make sure that you're actually helping them. So I think these are my most two challenging aspects about being a mentor. So I hope that answered your questions. That concludes our question segment and our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and turning up and tuning up. I have, I have made a lot of mistakes in this podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like to be included or any suggestions on future guests, please DM us at smiles at UEL smiles on our Instagram account or drop us an email on smiles at uel.ac.uk or you can get in contact through Teams or our UEL internet page. I have been Sarah Hamuda. Take care and have a wonderful day.